Femi Lazarus is a man raised by God to demonstrate his wisdom and authority to the last day church. He is the lead pastor of Sphere of Light Church and God told him years ago that a time will come where my wisdom will be needed to navigate tough times in the body of Christ. Then I will cause your voice to be heard and all who pay attention to my word on your lips will not lack light and direction. He is a man sent from God, sent to raise God's end time armies. With Apostle Femi Lazarus, every minute counts as you listen attentively. Alright, tonight we want to bring a different perspective to this subject. Okay? Is that okay now? A very different perspective. And... Um, in this season, I'm going to be, I'm going to have to be mixing many things. We are on a journey, okay? Turn your Bibles, please, with me. The book of Second Kings, chapter number six, from verse twenty-four. Second Kings six, from verse twenty-four. So we want to look at a root. There's a root, all right? That we need to study when it comes to this subject of black tax. It is still one of the elements of dysfunctional families or background. Is that okay? But there's a root that is often not really considered. And I want us to look at that root. So there's a, there's a very interesting story. And I want us to learn from that story. Second Kings chapter number 6 from verse 24. And it came to pass after this that Ben Adad, the king of Syria, gathered all his hosts and went up and besieged Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria. And behold, they besieged it until an ass head was sold for four score piece of silver. That's 80 silver. A score is 20. Okay? And the fourth part of a cab's, cab of dove's dung for five pieces of silver. And as the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, there cried a woman to him, saying, Help, my lord, O king. And he said, If the lord do not help you, from where shall I help you? Out of the barn floor or out of the wine press? And the king said to her, What ails you? And she answered, this woman said to me, give me your son that we may eat him today. And we may eat and we will eat my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son and did eat him. And I said to her on the next day, give me your son that we may eat him. And she has eaten her son. And it came to pass when the king heard the words of the woman that he rent his clothes. And he passed by on the wall, and the people looked, and behold, he had sackcloth within on his flesh. Okay? So the Bible gave us a question. Can a mother forsake a suckling child? The general answer seemed to be, God forbid. 
but not when people enter survival mode. So we want to study the survival mode of the African families. Okay? There's, there's a condition that if care is not taken and if not well understood, people just value their own survival. So there was famine. And we would never have imagined that mothers would begin to sell their children. And they started. They didn't just sell their children. They were eating their children. That a mother will cook, boil, and shear, and cut to pieces her own sucking child. And she will watch herself and her friend eat that child. And they are looking at the other child and they know within their hearts that we are going to eat yours tomorrow. It happened. Okay? When families enter survival mode, they feast on each other. They feast on each other. Okay? It happens. <clears throat> so what does it mean to feast on your child? To make that child a delicacy even when you know that the outcome of this is that this child will cease to exist the mother of a yahoo boy who is defrauding people to make money is feasting on the child it doesn't matter how long she goes on her knees to pray for him that survival mode the father of a thief who knows that the boy is stealing but can't stop him because after all, he's using the money he's stealing to meet family needs. They are feasting on that child. The pastor of a corrupt politician who is stealing and killing people but can't bring him correction because he's giving seed and tithes to the church. He's feasting on that guy. Okay? And if we're going to deal with the root of this, we must also address where the church is complicit. Judgment will begin from the church. Have you seen people that they know that what my child is doing will kill him? But we are all enjoying the money. The younger sister, the younger brother of a corrupt politician that is killing people and stealing money and they are enjoying it together. They are feasting on the guy. So it is very easy to look at these things and judge the people and say, judge, judge, judge until you discover the areas that we all are complicit to corruption because of survival. Where we all are find a way to accommodate lies and corruption because of survival. When we get these things right, okay, people who are corrupt will not find space in the church. They will know that they have to wash their hands because we will not need their blood money. The blood money from corrupt people is an oath of silence. And it must be addressed. If it is not addressed, silence will look like wisdom when the nation is destroyed, getting destroyed. Are you following what I'm saying? <laughs> so as mothers began to feast on their children, I've, I've seen these things happen. In fact, there are, there are places 
that mothers go to pray for their sons that are busy doing internet fraud. I've seen, in fact, there was a case that happened. The mother took her son to an abalist to go and use the girlfriend. The mother doesn't like that boy. She's only after her own survivor. That's not love. I've shown you what love is and what love is not. Do you understand what I'm saying? Anybody who knows what you are doing will kill you but can't tell you because they are enjoying the proceeds. That's not love. That's bad. Do you understand what I'm saying? We must have a new generation that is questioning things. And we are not a part of these lies. Do you understand what I'm saying? This affects us as church. <laughs> it affects us. That if you are seated in church and we know that you are lying, you are defrauding people, you are stealing common wealth of the nation. Okay? When election comes, you campaign in church, we clap for you, but you still kill the members when they are in their own houses just so you can win. These are things to question. Is that okay now? Uh -huh. These are things to question. Okay? These are issues. So, the mothers began to hate their children. I said, when families enter survival mode, they feast on themselves. It is very easy to point accusing finger until you have discovered that you too somehow may be enjoying proceeds of unjust gain from an elder brother somewhere that is lying, stealing from the company, or a younger sister. Do you understand what I'm saying here? We are either principled or we are not. If people bring money that we know that anybody... The, the, the salary accorded to this office should not be able to afford this kind of seed. We can't pretend not to know that you stole it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hey, God. That's why I said it's going to be dangerous this evening. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh -huh. We know how much politicians are earning. So if you bring money that is more than your annual salary, there's nowhere else you've gotten it than stealing. So to say, <laughs> I don't know, after all, bring it, God bless you, is to feast on him. It is the same case. So there is the church in Nigeria that has entered survival mode. There is the family that has entered survival mode. To heap all the blames on family and detach the church is to lie. We must understand that. So many of these people have found out that we are Bible. They found out that we have a price for subtle campaign. We have a price. And it's time to throw away the tables of the money changers in church. Do you understand what I'm saying? Alright, so th there is a form of this subject that we have not touched. And you see, once you begin to deal with subject like this, people get emotional. 
uh, you start confronting emotions. Uh, this thing is teaching. Uh, you know, uh, families are different. Listen to what I'm saying. We are addressing core issues. Do you understand what I'm saying here? We are addressing what? Core issues. Alright? That there is a way things are to be done. And if we are not getting it done that way, it is dysfunction. Okay? The, the plan of God for the family is the father, the mother, the children. Okay? And according to God's original design, the man is the provider. Provision doesn't end until the children are solid. If we don't break that pattern, where pressure is on some to do the unfinished work of others, they will not fulfill God's plan for their lives because they have to start from where somebody stopped and they may never become what they were designed to become. That's what we are dealing with. Do you understand what I'm saying here? They may never. Okay? And the cycle just continues. And in most cases, in fact, some children now have seem to have found out that families don't respect you until you have money. So either way is to get the money. If you kill to get the money, kill. We have in our songs now, people say, Kuku do ritual. Because we, we seem to have exalted money regardless of the means. Do you understand what I'm saying? We seem to have exalted money regardless of what the means. We seem to have exalted just have it. We don't care how you get it. And that's corruption. These are issues that the church must not overlook. These are issues we must deal with. That if you have a son that the place is working is earning 150,000 naira but is using 2 point something million weekend for Dorime it calls for a question you must not allow poverty get so deep that you can't question where money is coming from that's what we are talking about we have girls in prostitution beside the road that they are spending money home the mother knows this girl is not employed but this girl keeps sending money home every week and they are collecting it. When this, they know one day they will use this child for ritual. Well, let us survive first. When people enter survival mode, wickedness take hold of their lives. Do you understand what I'm saying here? And we have to address it. This is emancipation. This is freedom. Okay? Um, it is God calling us to order. It is God calling us to adjustment. It is God saying there's a way to do it. It is God saying we can do it right. And these are issues. Let me say this to you. Um, I want to say this on record. And it is not a way to spite what God is doing in Nigeria. Okay? Take this from a pastor. We are not ready for anything good in this nation until we have dealt with the excesses of the church. Take this. We are not ready. You have to check. In what way are ministries benefiting from lawlessness? Do you understand what I'm saying here? It's a matter of excesses. 
I saw a video, and I'm not one to call people out. You know my life. I, I just prefer to focus on my assignment. But I saw a video that shook me to my core. A pastor called somebody out, saying, you, Mr. So-and-so, so, come here. Came, come, came, kneel down. This, this, this. I want 150,000 from you. I want it now. This is somebody's father. You are saying to kneel down. And you say, I'm not forcing you. Sir, this is manipulation. Say, am I forcing you? No. Am I forcing you? No. I want 150,000 there. Can you give me? Say yes. Say, go and send it now. There, I'll come and pray for you. How? We are, see, God changed Nigeria. He will have to start. We are not ready until these matters are addressed. Do you understand what I'm saying? Listen to what I'm saying. The same way, if you are going to deal with political, political structure of Nigeria, you have to make politics less attractive. There is a way ministry has become so attractive for thieves. Annual salary of an average prof in Nigeria, let's say an average prof is earning 500,000 per month, 450 to 600,000, depending on where. So annual salary, you have between let's say, five to six million. That is not up to half of what they used to buy vehicles for politicians recently. So what does he pay to become? A professor or a thief? Huh? Let me say this. Anybody who is in ministry must know that one day you stand before Jesus and give account. Are you following what I'm saying? Eh? Oh, Nigeria this, oh, Nigeria that. Many of those who are destroying this nation have found refuge in church. And it's time to throw away the tables of the money changers. The moment pastors don't have a price, politicians will adjust. Oh, he's saying this because they are young ministries. People have not started bringing in millions. Nonsense. You need to understand the kind of things we have rejected. You think at this level I've not had because I don't talk. We don't. <laughs> People that will want to sponsor your ministry so they can buy your voice. Okay? These are issues, sir. And I don't want us to get emotional. What is not good is not good. Don't get emotional. When we teach on black tax, we are not saying don't be kind to your parent. We are saying there's a dysfunction in the order. Everybody seems to gather and feast of the one who is doing a bit better. And people don't care. If that one dies, let's just survive this season. I call it survival mode. And that's why I showed you that scripture. So what do you do if you have found yourself in that situation? How do you survive? How, do, do you know that there is a way you'll be neck deep in black tax and miss your future partner? The person will just look at you and calculate, can I, can I handle all this responsibility? First born out of seven children, this, 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 what she's doing. 
the father is doing this, the mother is doing this, and I can I, me too, I'm coming first born out of 19. Ah, all these ones are there. I like this girl, but <laughs> if we come, we're going to hurt each other, and the two people will miss each other because they inherited what is not theirs. These are issues. Do you, do you, do you, do you understand what I'm saying? And we must get it right. So, is it good to give? Yes. And I showed you on Sunday. In fact, the Bible says that he that gives to the poor lends to God. Poverty is a bad thing. But the solution to poverty is not just money. Poverty is there in the first place because of a knowledge gap. Proverbs 24 from verse 2. True wisdom a house is built. By understanding it is established. True knowledge the rooms are filled with pleasant riches. So if there's going to be abundance, there's a body of knowledge you must have. Is that okay now? If, you, if, if anybody gives you money without that body of knowledge, you will not know what to do with it. It is that body of knowledge first. Okay? So what you do to solve poverty problem is not just throwing money in the air. It is we need to solve knowledge problem. We need to deal with mindset and orientation. Poor people wear the most expensive things. Okay? They use money for the most unnecessary things. It's a mindset. Are you following what I'm saying here? Because the, the culture is wired in such a way that we say things like, it is the way you dress that you be addressed. Fantastic. Okay? So it's good to look good, but at your cost, at the level of what you can afford. Are you following what I'm saying here? People, let's, let's, let's think. Let's think. Two young people are planning to get married they don't know what they are going to eat after marriage. But they are going to put all those money for a colorful reception. Why? It's mindset. And why are we doing that? So that my pictures too can be fine. Okay? Do you understand what I'm saying? So we have to begin to investigate. What are the things you are doing to service somebody's opinion. Not because they are necessary. Or you just want to help people manage their opinion. Or their impression about you. So it puts people under unnecessary pressure. Are you following what I'm saying? A girl that's not bought one book. Is buying human air. 250,000. And she's cutting. She's cutting. But there's human air, 250k. Okay, say, so, uh, opposed to you are a man, so you may never understand what human air means. It lasts longer. No problem. I don't, when it gets to that point, I don't try to argue. But you two think about it. What you have just said, does it make sense? Are you following what I'm saying here? This boy doesn't have much. He's still trying to build his life. He just met a girl. No, no, no. The girl has put bill on him and say, ah, <laughs> in fact, beware of girls that you meet. The day you meet them, they just tell you that you won't believe my rent just expired. How much is your rent? Say, my rent is 590,000. I'm going to pay agent fee. <laughs> Not that. You know the way Abuja is. 
Say, ah, consider it done. Consider it done. He doesn't have food at home. Are you, do you understand what I'm saying? It's culture. Families will not mind borrowing money for barrier. And they can't, the same people who spend those millions on barrier can't give you cobo for school fees. And when they wait and wait, nobody's dying. They will tell you that the person that died 20 years ago, they want to redo the burial. In my village, they will say they want to turn the back. They, they are tired. Why is nobody dying? 80 something, not dead. This, this, this. We need to gather money again and do all those things. And buy clothes. Many of those parties, the money they have spent for musicians, those who are dancing in those parties, the clothes, how expensive it is. The gold they wear. Their children, sir, they are languishing in poverty. Why do we do this? Because we are established on faulty culture. Culture to impress. The clothes you are wearing is more expensive than your rent. And you think you are fine. These are issues. This calls for sober reflection, sir. It is very easy to point accusing fingers at politicians for wasting. But who is the better waster? Alright? So these are matters that need to be addressed. Because um, many of the things happening outside, they are offshoot of what is going on in families. And the Bible said in the book of Psalms, chapter number 11, verse 3. Alright? For instance, the family is the bedrock of the society. It's the foundation. True? What's the foundation of the society? Family. That's the smallest structural and functional unit of the society. So the Bible says that if that foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? The society is messed up. If you want to attack a society, all right, attack the families. Are you following what I'm saying here? So, <laughs> I want to show you responsibilities not to take up in your family. This is a form of black tax. And this one has nothing to do with money. Responsibilities. Someone said that Africa is the most painful continent on earth and yet the most joyful. We suffer and smile. Happy. In fact, in Nigeria, we pride ourselves in the fact that we are resilient. Comedians will make joke, showing how soldier brutalized someone unjustly. We have become so comfortable with it, it's now a thing of fun. That some, some of these things don't make sense. They don't make any sense. You can just see something like somebody went to do something, a match on somebody, by the time they will show the person, they show the big chest, and then... So that you have big chest means you oppress somebody. We have, we have become one with the culture of oppression. We make songs of it. We make joke out of it. We do stupid things out of it. Somebody can just show that, hey, a cat did something and then before you know it was a soldier. The soldier to do like this. Being a soldier, is it to defend your country or to oppress your people? 
we have become one with our oppression. And that's because we are not we have refused to think. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes, even our prophecy session is oppressive. You, you bewitch. I not bewitch, oh. I not bewitch. And you have live cameras on the person. Let me show you a story. The book of John, chapter number four. <laughs> Some of you are ready for this teacher. Are you sure you are ready for this conversation tonight? <laughs> because <laughs> John, chapter number four. Let's start the reading from verse seven. John 4 from verse 7. There comes a woman, John 4 from verse 7, of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me to drink. For his disciples have gone away to the city to buy me. Then said the woman of Samaria to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealing with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and which is that said to you, Give me to drink, you would, you, would ask, you would have asked of him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with and this well is deep. From where then have you this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob which gave us this well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? And Jesus answered and said to her, whoever, whoever drinks of this water shall test again. But whoever drink of the water that I shall give him shall never test. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I test not, neither come here to draw. Then Jesus said to her, go and call your husband. And the woman said, I have no husband. Jesus said, you have well said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands. And him whom you are, you are with now is not your husband. In that, you have, in, in that said you truly. The woman said to him, so I perceive that you are a prophet. Right? So let me explain the culture. And you can see this also in the story of Judah. When somebody marries somebody and the person's husband died, maybe among five children, then the next person is obligated to marry the woman. Okay. And then that one too died. The next person is obligated to marry the woman. Then that one too died. Then this one is obligated to marry the woman. And that one too died. Okay? So usually it's a custom. And um, it was a bad culture. Okay? Where people... In fact, I think in some places in Nigeria they do it. Where somebody's wife died or husband died, then this person is obligated. Maybe the wife of the elder brother also. To now marry the person. Okay? And these are issues. 
So I, I read that story to show you something. It's a responsibility not to take. Particularly for those who are coming from family that you have lost your dad. Never replace him. Never replace your late dad. Write it in capital letter. Okay, those of you who don't know what this means, you have your both parents alive, so you may not understand this. But well, bless God for you. But there are people who understand what I'm saying. Um, if care is not taken, in fact, it is one of the reasons why sometimes we feel firstborn struggle a lot. Because it looks like the firstborn live for the rest. He's used to serve the rest, and when they climb, everybody look down on him and insult him. Or insult her. And there seems to be a pressure on the first male that if your dad is no more, then you are now. It sounds mature. And it sounds like a responsibility. Noble one. Get what I'm saying? When I say never replace your late dad, I'm saying you are the son of your mother. You are not her husband. Don't confuse the responsibility. You see, what I'm teaching you today is a very serious matter. The moment you confuse the role of a son to being the husband, number one, you'll have to continue the work from where it stopped. So it means that your life as you were planning will have to stop because something else has to continue. And that's not God's design. So it's a levy that is placed on people to continue what they didn't start. It's a tax. It's a tax. If you are going to do well, there are certain things you will never be guilt tripped into. High flyers are men who insist on what they do. In fact, if not, the devil knows that one way to distract your journey for life is for something to happen in the family, and then you are. Do do you do you know what happens? Somebody has lost the dad. They say now you are the father of this house. No problem. We are not raising the responsible people. But the problem now is that this person's primary obligation to his own immediate family is being contested for. Meanwhile, everyone has responsibility to do what they should do. Go to school, study, make money. And support. Everybody collectively support. You are not your late dad. And you are not obligated to feel his shoes. You have a call upon your life. You have an assignment. Be responsible. Support your family. Don't watch them suffer. But don't replace who you are not. If your mom will have to remarry later, and if you're a lady, you have lost your mom, you can't replace your mother. You are not your father's wife. You are his daughter. If you will have to remarry, let him. You know, I said some things. 
and sometimes we like to shy away from it. There's a way you'll be a young person and men will be avoiding you because you're already carrying too much. And we are broken men. I'm telling you. And there's a way you'll be a young guy that any woman that will marry your kind will have to fight many battles because it's like she's marrying you and the community. And you have to decisively have a controlled environment. The best way to be a blessing to that family is in becoming what God designed you to become. Not what you are obligated to become. And in becoming what God designed you to become, the journey of emergence into it may make you look wicked. But that is the way to be a blessing. It may be that at certain point I can't afford this because I'm a work in progress. You don't have to inherit your late father's room in the village. Do you understand? You don't have to. You have an assignment. You have a family. And the earlier you understand that, the better. If not, the pattern of dysfunctionality will continue. It will never end. It will never end. Number two, responsibilities you must never take. Okay? Are you with me? If you have a firstborn or an elder one that is not doing well, you are not their replacement. Never allow anybody make you the firstborn when you are not. Comparing children with children is a way to make them eternal enemies. Never allow such comparison. Never allow your elder ones to be called worthless because you are successful. Some of you have elder ones that are not maybe as successful as you are not getting it right after this. Never allow anybody tell you you are the firstborn because of the level of your success. Never allow them put you ahead of your elder ones because you are more successful. You must give them their place. God's intention is not to have Esau and Jacob in family, in families. It is not a case where the elder will serve the younger. God wants everyone to do well. Do you understand what I'm saying? A very serious matter. Never accept it. Many firstborn sir, have come to a point where they now hate their sibling because they compared them at every provocation. Look at your brother. Look at his life. He's thinking fast. He's better. Look at you. You are good for nothing. As old as you are. This, this, this. Look at your younger one. Look at their life. See how they are doing everything right. What can you have, what what can you do right in this life? Can you ever succeed in this life? Look at your siblings. Look at this. And that guy sits down and he watch in family meetings how they relegate everything. And some of them become bitter and even kill their siblings over land. Those who put you ahead of those who are ahead of you don't love you either. It is a survival structure. 
never accept it. Are you following what I'm saying? Are you following what I am saying? This is every some of you heart because you know practically what I'm saying. Somehow it's like our our system is not patient with anybody who is in process. Hmm. And we make those mistakes. Have you have you seen a case where this happens a lot in many African homes? The younger one is ready for marriage to settle down, but they say you can't because your elder sister is not married. So we have to pause your life. Meanwhile, being married, is it by age? Is it age that determines who is ready? Is that all that determines who is ready? And that one is now under pressure and does not mind marrying wrong just so that now my siblings are... The pressure around the area of marriage can drive people crazy. Okay? And these are things to discuss. Are you ready for number three? Number what now? Let me give an illustration. Is that okay? <laughs> people, people are looking at me in this house. Are you sure? Can I give an illustration? Are you sure? Maybe I should fly out of this place now. <laughs> Nakale, please come. Right? There's, there's, there's a condition that we need to help. The way your life should be planned is in a way that there's so much, you have invested so much in your time and in the quality of your life that you can be strong enough to meet all the responsibilities. If you waste that time and time is no longer on your side, you will need to borrow the time of your children and use them to work because your time is wasted. So the early phase of their life will be adding their quality time to yours. Never allow your time to be borrowed by one who didn't use their own well. Please be seated. I know many people won't like me for this series. Because once we start touching the root where those demons are entrenched, we get emotional. Before Abraham could become anything with God, God had to tell him, get out of your father's house. There are homes to get out of to ever matter in life. There are families to journey away from to ever become profitable and useful for them. We are not instigating children against parents. I am teaching the practical wisdom of God's word. Looking at the practical cases of what is on ground that they, we don't have messages for. 
people are going through things that we have not been able to situate them in the context of the world and bring them out. It is not sign of loyalty to continue your father's well-drained work or carpentry work or whatever work when you should be building your life. It's not loyalty. It's dysfunction. And if the time of two, three, four children are absorbed to continue that, and then later they are left midway to now start to figure their own way. Some of them cannot meet up with school because they have spent that time doing what they should not be doing. My advice is simple. Maximize your time so you not need to borrow anyone's own. Do you understand? <laughs> this one I just mentioned, do you understand it? <laughs> do you have an idea of what it is? Hmm? Do you? So let me explain this. There are children that should be in school, but now they have to work for the family. It was not their place. They should be in school. And somebody should be paying the school fees. That's the design. They should be in school. That's the design. Are we saying people should be irresponsible? No. And I'm telling you, you may be sitting here as young people and it's sweet to hear until you have wasted your own time and you will need people's time. Okay? So, what you want to do, don't sit down and play blame game. I'm not teaching you so you can reflect on your parents and hate them. And I'm saying you, start, one of the grace upon my life is to help people detach from the wrong pattern with the teaching of God's word. Okay? Understand this. Do you understand what I'm saying? Let me say this to you. Listen, let me tell you this. I was watching the video. There's a bishop. I should mention it online. Bishop Mike Bamdele in Malaysia. He was having his 60th birthday. Bishop Boedepo sent him a video where he was giving him his eulogy and then saying celebrate him. And he said a statement in that video. He said, you are as old as you think you are. He said, Moses got his ministry at, began his ministry at 80. If you don't understand this simple principle, at 70 you feel too old to die. There is a concept where young people want to become grandpa and grandma on time. We have to deal with it, sir. It, it's an ideology where we start practicing old age at our productive season. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it's showing now, many young girls and young boys can't wait to be grandpas. 
because it is prestige in Africa. When your children are mature, people will honor you. How about people honoring you for the quality of the work you have done? It's mindset. What will you be at 50? Will you still be vibrant? A father was sharing with me, the body of Christ, a bishop, told me when he clocked 60, when he clocked 59, I went to Pastor here, they were to pray for him. Baba said, no, come back when you are 60. When he clocked 60, he went back. Baba said, now I'm going to pray for you because now you are about to begin your ministry. If you have that consciousness that in your old age, you still have strength to ask for the mountain, you will live long. If you don't understand what I'm teaching you now, once you start crossing 40, 50, you're already looking up to your children. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, because you know that that's the way you are thinking, you will not be productive. You will see them as your investment to reap from. Do you understand? I'm teaching from my heart. I think somebody was sharing a challenge with me. I said, hold on a minute. How old is your mom? Says 50 something. I said, go and check. How old is Ibukwa Osika? Says 60 something. How old is Tony Lumelu? Says 60 something. Being in your purpose and active at it makes you look younger. Don't be in a hurry to get old. It's an African thing. Do you understand what I'm teaching? Yeah, yeah. Do you get it? Yes, sir. Don't be in a hurry. Sometimes it doesn't make sense when they start calling you grandma at 46. We are not saying you are not grandma, but it makes you feel you are already old. Uh. <laughs> Africa, oh Africa. <laughs> hmm. What we are doing is that we are going to the root of matters and overhauling wrong cultures. Wrong cultures. Wrong cultures. The syllabus for what God is doing now is different. There is a need to go deep and help a generation from the foundation. It is a difficult work, but we must do it. And as the church, we will not shy away from those things. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Have that perspective. Alright? Caleb was a very old, was already in his 80s. But he still said, give me this mountain. He said, it was promised to me while I was young. But now, I am still as strong as I was then. I'm ready to go. Are there people who will say, even in my old age, give me this mountain? I, I watched a sitting governor said nobody in my family had crossed 70. He said, once I crossed 70, I've done enough. And he died at 70. It's a mindset. I said it's a mindset. You must understand that. I, I, I stumbled on the video. Let me, there's a way your theology affects your life outcome. 
I stumbled on a video. The man of God was trying to explain people who died young that it is not quality of how long what, what you have done. I shut down the video. I said, if the doctrinal perspective of scripture is that with long life I will satisfy you, I am not satisfied with doing something quality in a short while. Something quality for a long time. My doctrine shapes my outcome. Your theology affects your life. That's why theology is a very important subject. What you believe determines what you become. I shut down the video. I won't take this. Because there is a way you can become compassionate around death. That okay, yeah, he's not about how far, but how well. But the devil said, I like that. Do it well, short, cut the life short. You must understand that. We must fight for what is right. Somebody needs to hand the narrative. Change the confusion. Let something new begin from you. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Let something new begin from you. Invest quality in your time. Don't drink, sir. Don't go to club. Serve God now that you have strength. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. The Bible says, when evil days have not come. When you will no longer have to say, I have no pleasure in these things. Okay? When you get it right from the foundation, the rest will be smooth. Are you following what I'm saying here? If you miss it now, don't try to now... What people do is that they now try to look for a word and make it look like, having done all I should do, I still didn't get what I should get. Now lie. You can get it right. Okay? God is going to use you for your families, but understand that the best place to stand is in the center of your purpose. You must fight to cut up the tentacles. Till when you stand there, it will be effortless to lift the hands of men. I said something about the crab culture. If you want to keep crabs, you don't have to cover anywhere you are putting them. Put as many of them in a bucket. The ones down will never allow anyone to climb. So you become strong, then you can pull people. If not, you will... You will not be able to. Do you understand what I'm saying? The whole thing will keep pulling you down. And at the end of the day, three generations, nobody has succeeded. The family. Nobody became anything significant. Sometimes we need to go back and study the history of the family. Before you just, you call it generational cause. We are not saying it is not. But what is the intelligence of the oppression of that generational cause? Why didn't anybody climb? You see. Let me tell you something. In Africa, we, we engage in what is called spiritism. We just anchor every outcome on ancestors. Is the demon of the father's house. But there are intelligent mode of operation of this spirit. For instance, whenever there is poverty, you will most likely find immorality. Most likely. So you study it. Don't just say, spirit of poverty in this house, catch fire. But that poverty came because somebody was promiscuous. Do you understand what I'm saying? You check it. You say, witchcraft, witchcraft. Witchcraft are not that powerful. They are the lowest in the cadre of darkness. Anywhere witchcraft overhauls the entire family, there's always a pattern of disobedience to God. When God finds a child and pull him away from that place, set him in a place where he will learn the word, understand and mature, that child will grow like witchcraft does not exist. Meanwhile, TV generations said they couldn't survive because of witchcraft. And you find out as you study their life, they all hated church. They only went to church at the first night. They hated pastors. They find everything to say against the church. God has exempted you. I see God exempting people. Amen. 
I see God exempting people. I see God bringing you out of the pattern of dysfunctionality. I see God starting something new from you. I see God starting a new genealogy from you. Now listen, the effect of what we are teaching briefly and looking small here is going to penetrate different sectors of the nation. The force carrying this word is stronger than you can imagine. Because God is set for the emancipation of this country. It will start from family. It will start from homes. I said it will start from homes. Angels are forcefully behind these words. Taking it to different corners. Because the set time has come. Are you following what I'm saying here? You must have correct perspective about these things. Have correct perspective. Have correct understanding. Okay? Let me show you a few things. Let's look at the case of Joseph and his brothers. Okay? They sold him for a price into slavery. And but Joseph could not be of help to his brothers in the prison. A Joseph in the prison cannot rescue the family. It will take a Joseph who, was, who is the prime minister. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, you can't help at the level of promise. You are of help at the level of fulfillment. Do you understand that? You can't be of help at the level of promise. Oh, I know I carry this promise that God is going to do this. Oh, fantastic. But the real place where you are strong to be of help is at the level where you are already having the fulfillment of those promises. Okay? So, which means that many of the paths you will take to now be of help will be a lonely path where those you are to help will fight you. In most cases I've found out, the one that God will use to liberate that family completely, the greatest battle he will face will come from that family. Because the demon that is holding that lineage bound will confuse everybody that this person is bad. And that's why you can't function by emotions. You must learn to function by conviction. We can't do the things we are doing except we are convinced. Conviction that even when what you are doing doesn't make any sense to anybody, you stand your ground. This is it. It doesn't make any sense. This is it. God has called you to ministry. Everything is down. You do everything every time. There's no finance. You have to struggle. You have to be a person of conviction to get from promise to fulfillment. You have to be a person of conviction. And let me say this to you part of your time being borrowed is that sometimes there is a pattern of poverty in the house. But the part of your destiny imagine is going to take you back to the route of poverty. That is, you have gotten a job where it looks like this salary now will not be good for you and the family. And God says, shut down the job and go to ministry. Now from where there was salary to where there is uncertainty. And this is where God will lift you. If your time is bought or borrowed, you can never go that path. Sometimes the things that you are about to be you are about to destroy, you have to go back to that route. That's the fact. 
Nobody has risen here. Everybody is down. This, this. God said, now I'm calling you. Now you are going to be a minister of the gospel that will take my name to all nations of the earth. And you have a degree. You did well. You are smart. You are intelligent. Everybody rise. We are paying school fees. You think you can do this? Never. You are going. And you look at it and say, my God, what part is this? Just when I thought now I'm going to be a son of consolation and God said, not that fast. Not that fast. If you are not a person of conviction, that is how you will never become. That people will fight you and rise. So what do you think you want to do? You call you names, you are lazy. Many young people are not accepting their God-given calling. Because of this same factor. Where those you consider poor, you now even need to wear their suit to do the ministry. How many of you have convictions enough to walk lonely path and stand? Sir, we have been doing this from the days that can't even afford to buy one donut. I know I will sit in meetings and they will be asking everybody, what do you do for a living? And I will say, I'm in ministry. Everybody look at you with disdain. Like a young person should not be in ministry alone. And that was the instruction. Can God give that instruction? Yes. But the balance is that we must see the pattern of discipline and the pattern of diligence. Without diligence, your vision is a wish. There must be that pattern. So that nobody is... You don't bobo anybody with the fact that I have a calling, but we are not seeing labor that is correspond to that calling. Is that okay now? Uh -huh. And it is those that endure to the end that shall be saved. Is that okay now? Never you sacrifice your God-given calling because you want to salvage a pattern you didn't create. Don't be disobedient to your heavenly calling, to God's calling over your life. Don't. Okay? don't that's the truth because once you carry it on your head that i'm running this race i'm running this race because i must emancipate some people i must set them free everybody must eat in the family you are going to get into prostitution you will it's just a matter of time <laughs> you will and if you're a guy you get into yahoo it's just a matter of time you will steal sir <laughs> you will you will you can't do anything. You can't see. Listen, this is what the Bible says. All right. Now, except the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that builds it. Except the Lord watches over the city, they wake but in vain. You can't use your strategy to bail out. You must hear what God is saying. And it is submitting to a hit that is the best strategy. And what he might be saying sometimes does not make any sense. He doesn't. Permit me to give an illustration. We're having a conversation. I was asking, what do you want to do? So I said, I want to do this. I said, if you go that path, it will work. But your relationship will break. And we will not beg it not to break. Because as you go the path of purpose, there are losses that are necessary. If you are going to become a transgenerational blessing, there are scars. 
There are scars. That's the truth. There are scars. When you look at some of us stand before you today, there are invisible scars and tears and pain. And we know many more will still come. And every day we lift our soul to God and say, Father, make me ready. I know pain will come. That is the truth. To not know it is to deceive yourself. I know betrayal will come. That is the truth. I know there will be days you will sit down and cry. That is the truth. It is the reality of what we have received. Ministry is military. And I look forward to it sometimes with fear in my heart. And I say, God, if it is your wish, let this cup pass. But nonetheless, let your will be done. Those do ministry and say, your boy, forget about that. You'll be manipulative. Okay? God is rooting out the pattern of dysfunctionality in families. Get what I'm saying? He's rooting out those patterns. But he's going to use sons that he has to himself. And when I say son, it's generic now. Male, female. Who have accepted formulas and strategies from him. The pressure is not giving you a lifestyle or a direction. Do you understand what I'm saying? The pressure can give you a route that God is not behind and God is not sanctioning. Okay? So you must understand this. Now, to what end? When Jesus was born, one of the prophecies Simeon in the temple gave the mother. He said, this boy is raised for the deliverance, for the rising and the falling of men. And he looked at Mary and he said, a sword will pass through your heart. That is, you will know pain that a mother should not know. And that pain did happen. And one day she stood and saw Jesus, her son, hanging on the cross. And Jesus referred to John. He said, son, look at your mother. Mother, look at yourself. You would almost think Jesus is heartless. But the one who will be a transgenerational blessing cannot be roped in those things. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some of you who are following us, they are fighting you at home. Look at the person you are following. This, 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 this. But that is destiny. By the time you start flying to 20 countries now, everybody will now come back and celebrate you. But if the pressure take you out, others will take your place. Pastor Chris Jacqueline was sharing the story of the time the people that are now leaders were following him in the days they were on campus. They would call them fools and mother would beat some of them and say, look at the person you are following. But now these are people in charge of nations. The people now, what I'm saying is that sometimes the pattern of problem is too much for them to understand what God will use to deliver the family. The one that God has set on that path must hold the line and remain there with conviction. Never let it be said that you out of pressure left that path. Because those who make you live will be the first to insult you for living. There is no name. Some of us have not been called for doing ministry. But it's making sense gradually. 
There's no name, sir. From friends who think you must be stupid. One time I cried because my friend was earning 30,000. You won't believe it. <laughs> God, me, I'm not a lazy person. Just, just give me a month. Let me, let me, let me show these people who are thinking I'm lazy that I know how to make money. And I am a smart person. I know I know how to make money. Because some of you will think it's pride now to know that you are smart. That's how far religion has eaten us like canker home. That part, sir. That part. Hold it. You have found a good part. Hold it. What is likely going to take you out is the fact that somebody wants to borrow your time. And that time does not mean that you will have to go back home to work there. Or you can do it by proxy. Sometimes leaving Nigeria, please apologies to anybody who has traveled or who is traveling. I'm not here. Please get, get my heart, okay? Sometimes leaving Nigeria for give me a country, Australia, is a way of still spending borrowed time because particularly when you have to leave your purpose to travel so you can pay black tax is by proxy. That's the truth. Tonight I want us to do more prayer than I can teach. Because, like I said, the, the root of this teaching is not for the fun of being deep. It's what I'm doing here is not a pleasant walk. If there's a way I can run out, I will. I'm doing an assignment that you can be grossly misunderstood for. Okay? And this is the root of many of our problems. I'm going to wrap up with that same scripture I showed you. Second Kings 6. But I perceive that there are people who need to pray. Because you are about to leave an instruction that God will still use to liberate those who are in a hurry to liberate. And you are about to close a path that that is the wisdom of God entrenched in for your life. So I sense in my spirit that there is a need to cry to God. Some of you need to cry for encouragement. Some of you will need to cry. Some of you will need to practically cry. Like I know what it means to be in a path that nobody understands. And it is still the same you that God will use to end many narratives. And you are thinking, what am I going to do from here? What am I supposed to do? Can I cope? Can I survive? Can I continue this path? What will my life be? What is the hope of tomorrow? Hey, cry to God. If you will have to lay on the floor, please lay on the floor. If you will have to go on your faces, go on your faces. If you will have to weep, please weep. Please cry. Please cry to God. Please cry to God. Please cry to God. And ask God for help. Ask Him to help you. Please ask Him to help you. Ask Him to help you. Ask Him to help you.
Ask him to help you. God began to show me how that dysfunctional patterns is subduing glory carriers in families. I see people struggling to come out of the clay, struggling to breathe, struggling to emerge. And God said, it's time to break that yoke. It's time to break that grip. Teach my people and break them through practical wisdom I've placed upon your life. Cry to God. The grace to stay steadfast with the path he has shown you, sir. The grace to stay steadfast, committed and faithful. Doggedly committed. Regardless of the hostilities. Regardless of the anger against your soul. Regardless of all those persecutions. To stay committed with the plan. To stay committed with the vision. To stay committed with what God wants to do with your life. To stay committed with his purpose. The grace for it. Every vision speaks at the end. It, it may not make sense at the beginning. But the grace to stay committed. To stay focused. To stay entrenched in it. Not to sell off. Not to sell out. I see people breaking free from the grip of fear. Staying focused. God has sent this word for the sake of his purpose for your life. Because of the uniqueness of what he wants to do. There seems to be a vow in heaven. That you will not be another failed generation. And he has sent his word. He has sent his word. That you will not be another failed generation. You will not go another man's path. Rather you will survive all that hell throws your way. Stay committed. In God's plan. Stay committed in the plan. Please pray. Please pray. Please pray. This is the moment of emancipation. Don't joke with it. Don't joke with it. Please pray. Some of you will need to pray that your convictions will return. The persuasions you had when God spoke. Somehow, family pressure seems to have choked everything and killed it. You, now you are second guessing the instructions God gave. You have now entered survival mode. When God gave you a path and a plan, what took away the conviction? What took away the plan? What was the word God gave you? Where is the word God gave you? What did he say when he called you? What were the things he told you not to do and the things to do? What were the things he told you about the next two, three, four, five years? Where's the conviction? Where is the joy you used to have? What has the devil used to steal your joy? It's time to ask for it and get it back. It's time to get it back. It's time to get it back. It's time to get it back. 
In Jesus' mighty name we are praying. Now, in one word, ask for wisdom. Ask for wisdom. You have a meaning to do so. God, I cannot continue the path you have called me without wisdom. Ask for wisdom. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we are praying. Now, sit down. Let me wrap up. Everybody end up the same way because they have chosen to go the same path. The one that God will use to cancel the narrative must take a different path. And sometimes when you choose to take a different path, all hell will be let loose. You are not going to repeat any dysfunction. I didn't hear that amen well. You will not repeat any wrong pattern. I didn't hear that amen well. You will not repeat any dysfunction. It doesn't matter how strong the problem in your bloodline is. You are detached from it. It doesn't matter how consistent the pattern of dysfunction is. Your case is different. You will never be another failed generation. God will never have to separate your children from you to become what he wants them to become. You are about to come to a face that God will tell your children to pattern after you. Listen, sit down. You know, I taught something, I taught a subject encountering God as El Shaddai. And I said a statement in that subject that when you begin to walk in rebellion towards God, the only aspect of your life that will be useful is your womb. Mm. that is God will leave talking to you and begin to speak about the next generation all you are living for is to give birth to them you can take it from there when Abraham left with Lot God stopped speaking about Abraham began to speak about his children now your entire purpose is summed up in giving birth and that's why you can read the Bible and see this this begat, this begat, 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 begat it looks like the only place that makes them make history is the ability to begat. You will never get to a point where all that God can use is now your ability to produce. You hear that well. There is a point a man gets to that the only thing God can now use is the ability to give birth to those that God can now function with. Sir, there is a grace upon this house to bring people out of wrong patterns. Again, I pray for you, sir. In this one life, you will know what it means to be fulfilled. You are a different seed, a different breed. Ah, I see garments being torn off. I see rags being torn off. I see rags. Sir, one of the ways God emancipates people is that He looks for a man who is deeper in deeper dysfunction. Bring the person out and set him as a captain.
So when I speak, I know where I am talking from. Uh, and I told the pastors that this kind is not by reading novels. The anointing for this kind, you must have tasted of that cup, sir. Oh, yes. That's the truth. Sometimes God tells men who are discontented and all that to follow a David in the time that his life doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. There are Davids amongst us. God connecting people with you and you say you have your own problem. Because not just are you a man that God is setting up, you are a man to help people hang patterns. The purpose of God is deeper than your own personal enjoyment. And you are saying, no, no, let me be fine first, God, before you begin to use me. God says, ah, your process is part of what they need to imagine. So that by the time you become king, there are already mighty men around you. You must understand that. I see God raising David. Amen. Yes. I see David. Because it is the Davidic season. The grace to detach men from wrong things and set them up. Giant imagine, regardless of where they are coming from. You see people you are seeing today in no time. You'll be shocked. Sir. Many of you are looking at your colleagues when they share things online and it looks like they have all left you behind. Relax. Relax. I make bold to tell you, relax. 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 Disciples of Jesus said, We have left all and followed you. What's our hope? Just didn't say, Why? Well, I asked another question. Said, No one who left all and followed me will not have the, even the blessing of God, even in this life and the world to come. Bishop Abiyo, he said he has been following Bishop before the mandate came. And many called him a fool for following him. But is he a fool now? There are parts that look foolish because every vision speaks at the end. Some of you, they've called you names and say that your pastor, you are falling up and down. Is he the one that relaxes? Because when God calls you with a captain, he gives all the grace there. You must understand that. I make bold to say this. And you must never allow pressure cut you off. For the joy set ahead of him, he endured the cross, despite the shame. There are crosses you can't endure if you don't have joy set in front of you. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Sir, there's a way family problem will want to detach you from where the destiny is. Because in God's system, you must also pay your price. Watch out. For when God is attaching you to a captain who is at the end of his cave, Adulam experience. Because one moment you say, I'm done. The next moment is the king. Oh, yes. I see mighty men emerging from this house. I see mighty men rising from this house. The story is not permitted to end until the songs of victory is raised. The story is not permitted to end until we sing the songs of victory. The story is not permitted to end until we sing the songs of victory. So we are not wasting our time. I said we are not we are not wasting time. Oh, yes. <laughs> There's that song calling upon the Lord. I'm not wasting. 
I don't sing that song first. Calling upon the Lord. I'm not wasting time. Calling upon the Lord. I'm not hey. wasting time. I'm not wasting time. Calling upon, calling upon the to be carried away by the ocean of those problems that you miss God. That's the essence. Because once you get absorbed in it, you will miss God. And the reason why the devil makes the water range so high is so that you can miss where God is. But sometimes where God is waiting may look bigger than the problem itself. God is not stressing you. He's making you. Oh, yes. He's not stressing you. He's making you. He has a plan. And nobody can have a better plan. Everything pressure gives looks like a better plan. That was what the devil told Eve. That God knows when you do this, you will be like this. Meanwhile, God already gave them. It pays to serve God, sir. It pays to follow Him. Those who were able to successfully change the narrative were those who said yes to God. Were those who said yes to God. I see God using you powerfully. I see, listen, I see patterns ending through your devotion to God. I see patterns ending. As you get devoted to God, God gets busy with those things. That's the way it works. Do you understand this? I see God helping somebody. I see convictions being strengthened. I see convictions being strengthened. I see men standing strong in what God has said. Yes. I see convictions being strengthened. I see Jonah returning back to Nineveh. Yes. I see Jonah's returning back to Nineveh. And I see help coming. 
from above. Strength on all sides. You will serve God in your lifetime. Now, listen, listen. The Bible said, except a grain of wheat first falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. Sometimes it feels like dying, but it is not dead, it is only sown. Hmm? You are not failing, you are being sown. And when the grain of wheat fell to the ground and dies, it brings forth 60, 100 fools. Are you following what I'm saying here? Are you following what I'm saying here? Don't be carried away. You can't solve the problem except God does it. All your effort will end up becoming nothing. Because that's the trap of where the devil is waiting. Are you following what I'm saying here? If you follow the heart of my teaching, I'm just giving you the blueprint to be the original solution. We are not instigating wickedness. Get my heart. Oh, yes. But I'm saying there's a route that you take it. At the end of your life, you'll discover you've not done anything. Are you following what I'm saying there? Indeed, God will use you to end those things. Mm -hmm. But it's not going to be with your own intelligence. It will be in submission to his plan. Praise God. I call you blessed. And I ask that the hand of God rest upon all of you. And the spirit of wisdom sit here. From today you know what to do by the spirit. You are not confused. In the name of Jesus. You are not confused. You will finish well sir. And God will anoint your shoulders for the responsibility ahead. He will anoint you to do it. You won't fail God. I call you blessed. It is done. In Jesus mighty name. Have you been blessed today? Let's give Jesus a bigger. Hallelujah. Alright, so while we close, I want somebody to get back to the place of meditation and thinking. Get back to the place of meditation. Get back to the place of thinking. Get back to the things God have told you. Get back to it. I've been telling us for the past few days now, a new year is upon us. Few days to a new year. It's not about a new year. It's not about 2024. Ooh, no, no, no. It's what is revealed to you. It's what is captured. Some of you that will be waiting for a new prophecy for 2024. But can I shock you? What you will do in 2024, probably God has spoken about it last year or last two years or in January this year. Some of you did not write it down. Some wrote it down. You will forget about it. But the wisdom you must carry is that every time you are to step into a new month, a new year, a new location, a new season, go and check back all your prophecies. And find out what is the prophecy saying. Is there any connection with where you are about to enter and what you are about to enter? It helps you create 
a line, you have a guide to where you are going to and what you are going to do. I think I was just telling us this thing yesterday, those that were on the Zoom meeting. Many of us are desiring for what we should not be desiring for. Many of us are out of God's timing. Many of us are out of God's plan. It doesn't mean you are late, but you are getting late by the day. Find yourself back to what God wants you to do. The beauty of God's instruction is that everything is inside. That is the beauty. Everything is inside. Your marriage is there. Stop chasing marriage differently. Father, what do you want me to do? Pray it. If you have not heard it, you've not prayed it well. The, the good, is it good danger? And I don't know how to put it. Good danger or the danger good or the danger of solely depending on somebody to hear for you what God wants you to do is that the person can hear for you what they want, what God wants them to do as your own. That is the danger of it. Somebody whose hobby is football can just get a vision and say you are supposed to be a footballer. And that is the why, that is why I keep crying to everybody, don't miss camp meeting. That's why I keep crying to everybody. Don't miss, it's not because of anything for yourself, for your 2024, for your next level. For me, I've received the word for the coming year. I've received it. I've received the word for the coming year. So if we do camp meeting or not, if we do 31st night or not, I already know what God is leading towards. I've received the word. So I will just come and declare and case close. Please, please, please take your time and sit down and talk to yourself in the place of prayer. If you can, start cutting off your night season for the next few weeks. Delete night from your life. You have to buy coffee, buy Nescaf. Just declare two weeks no sleep. Don't be busy with your phone. Don't be distracted. Tell yourself you're going to pray. Two hours prayer, one hour thinking. Two hours studies, one hour thinking. All the prayer, all the studies, Father, what do you want me to do with my life? That is the prayer. Father, what do you want me to do with my life? 2024 is coming, but we need to ask God, Father, where do you want me to attend church? I said this weeks ago, somebody was not happy with me, but I'm saying it again. Some of you, the coming year, you need to sit down and ask God, where do you want me to attend church? Because with all you are receiving and everything, and you are still under the wrong atmosphere, you won't go far. You won't go far. Because the mindset keeps shifting out of what God would have you do. The mindset will keep shifting. Father, where do you want me to attend church? Some will not come for prayer conference. They'll tell you, oh, it's too far. And that meeting is just what they needed for their life to turn. Some will not attend um, whatever. Oh, it's too far. It's too far. And what I learned late, I didn't learn early, is that God does not send it to everybody to die there. God sent it to some places for a season, to grow you for that season. And some of you, you've already passed that season. You are done. The level of training you needed is done. Why some are not even getting the training 
in the first place. So God now will have the need to move you. Some of you have now overgrown the, not an issue of pride now. It shouldn't make you get proud or arrogant. You have now overgrown the, the formula or how do I put it? I don't know how, I don't know the right word to use. But the schedule of the training there, you've over, you've passed it. And there's nothing new in that environment. Listen, funnily, it could be that the person at the very top, 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 top of that institution, of that company, of that ministry, is still in a very current formula. But the environment where you are in, you have over, you have overstudied that syllabus. That's the word I'm looking for. You are done with that syllabus. So as long as you are there, there's nothing new. There's nothing new. You are, your life has now become a stagnant water because the information flowing down is stagnant. So the only thing you enjoy once in a while is the, the day you manage to find yourself into worshiping in God's presence. That is the only thing you enjoy. The word, nothing fresh. Um, every other thing is just stale. And you realize that you are not happy. You're going to church. Today is Sunday. Now some of you are already feeling heavy going to church. It's a sign that you shouldn't be there. Are you getting what I'm saying? You're already feeling burdened. You're feeling burdened. You're feeling heavy. Ah, so I'm going to church again. It's a sign down that you have that syllabus. You are off that syllabus already. You don't need prayer. That syllabus, you are off. It's big. You are big. You are done with that syllabus. But it takes you being around and a, a system that understands the syllabus for the season. Many still feel that ministry is any scripture you can find, any message you can find, just carry it on Saturday, come on Sunday, Thursday, yeah, the Lord, uh, the money is coming. This week, I decree help is coming. Oh, yeah, that is the let's prophesy. That's it. No, no. I think I was asking somebody a few weeks ago, did you go to church? Yes. What was the teaching? I said there was no preaching. The man of God just came, everyone's scripture began to say, change church. Uh, but I said, I don't want to just change church first. Then we'll talk about whatever I want to talk about. You won't grow like this. You, won't, you will not grow like this. All you need is wisdom and information for your life. When it comes in contact with prophecy, you realize full fruitfulness and speed. Full fruitfulness and speed. Full fruitfulness. Don't run from what God will have you do because of what you want to do. That doesn't look like what God wants you to do. May God give us understanding. May God help us. May God help us. May God give us understanding. In the name of Jesus, may God help us. If you have prophecies you've received for 2023, take them back to the place of prayer and review them. Prophecies can change. Prophecies can change. As you are entering a new year, don't go around with expired prophecy. Prophecies can change. Even to this, Isaiah came to tell the king Hezekiah in Isaiah 37 that God said, put your house in order, you're going to die. Put your house in order. You, you are going to die. And while Isaiah left, he was sure. He knew he was a prophet. He knew he had 
Why he left, he was on the road. God told him, go back and tell him, I have given him 15 years. So God, what about that you are going to die that you told me? Don't ask me questions. You are not God. Go. Sometimes God does not explain to you why. Go back. Prophecies can change. And there are principles you can align yourself to. The prophecies, does not, they don't have a choice and to submit to you. It has to come to pass. If not, God will create a different path for you. Please, I beg you. If you have been following me and you listen to this teaching this morning, definitely you would, you would understand more of the things I've been talking to you about. You will understand more of the burdens of my heart for you that they are genuine. I'm not telling you what I'm telling you because there is something I want. I'm not telling you something I wish I don't say the things I say. So that some of you will like me more. Some people don't like me anymore. So that they can like me. Hmm? But I'm not here for you to like me. I'm here to help you. One day, the good news is this. It won't be long. One day we're going to have two sets of people. The ones that will say, sir, thank you very much for helping me come through this path. Another set will say, ah, I wish. I wish I had listened. I wish I had stayed. I wish I didn't leave. That's, that's, that, would, that would be the testimony. That will be the testimony. It won't be long. Once that we say, thank you very much for bringing me on this path. And thank God I stayed and I followed. Another set will say, ah, I wish I had listened. I wish I had stayed. It's already happening slowly, slowly, slowly. It's already happening slowly. Some people who left for their best reasons or for their distractions, then they left. They come back and when they see people that minister online and the rest of them, they call me and they say, I knew this would have been me. I knew this would have been me. What do I do? And unfortunately, I don't really have the time to tutor them the way I give some admin's attention. I no more have the time. If I have it, cry, I want to use it for something else. If I have the time, I want to use the time to do something else, not to come and start bringing you that choose to become Jonah, left the boat, and start rolling all back. So put your head on the track, stay focused on it, and talk to God. God will help us. God will help us. God will not fail us. The Lord will strengthen us. He will align us to the path of righteousness. He will align us to the path of fulfillment. In the name of Jesus. May none of us here have the reason to say, I wish I listened. May none of us here have the reason to say, I wish I stayed. I wish I obeyed. John 17, Jesus prayed a prayer. He said, Father, everyone you have given to me, I did not lose anyone except the son of perdition. Is there? John 17, before you read to verse 7, 8, you're going to find it there. Any, everyone you've given to me, I have not lost any except the son of perdition. I pray you will not be the one that will be lost. You will not be the one that will be lost. But by the time you move, it should be that God is the one that led you to move on. It should be by God's instruction. It should be to a better place. It should be for something better. In the name of Jesus. Can I beg somebody here?
Can I beg somebody here? Can I beg you? Stop looking at your current situation and calm down. Stay. Keep serving. Keep serving. I almost mentioned somebody's name, but I won't. Stop looking at your current situation. Things look like they almost got better a few months ago, but right now, everything is down financially. And you are not seeing anything maritally. Calm down. Sit down. In the process of making, in the process of building, you don't raise a house overnight. You don't raise a house overnight. It takes process. Some of you know there are things God is dealing with. Altars have been broken. Foundations have been destroyed. Patterns have been crushed. New lines have been opened. God is changing character. Some of you, you know, even if you don't have money now, God has changed your behavior. You know this was, this was not the way you used to behave. You know very well, this was not your behavior. This was not your thinking. This was, you had a lot of weaknesses. You had a lot of disadvantages. Suddenly, you look as if you are asking, is this me? Is that, that is more than enough testimony. And you are using because of the money you don't have. You are using because of children's school fee. You are using because of husband's pressure. You are using because of parent and family pressure and all of that. You are using because of all those things to now start trying to now disobey what God or leave the path God have now put you. If God wants to take you somewhere, he has to change you first. Ask yourself, the moment God took him out of the prison, God told Pharaoh, say, tell them to change his garment, shave his beard. And changing your garment and shaving your beard might take a very long time. Changing your garment and shaving your beard might take a very long time. So he took off his garment, shaved his beard, took him, he took his bag, put on a new perfume, then they brought him to the palace. The palace is calling for us. The palace is calling for us. We are going there. We will get there. The end, the end is sure. But listen, please, don't give up. Don't stop. Don't get tired. Something is realigning for your good. It won't take time. I was talking to princess and Christian yesterday, and I said to them, I said, from the depth of my heart, you guys should be very lucky and appreciative. You are not following the kind of person who hides privileged information. The things I know now, I had mentors who knew them. They hid it from me. And they keep telling me, don't worry, pray. You'll be fine. You will soon rise. Some of them, every time I even get into an environment where money comes into my hand, they do something that will take all the money. They don't show me what to do next with the money. Have you paid your tithe? Have you paid your... I pay my tithe. Okay, um, God will have you give this seed. Because I trusted their judgment, I love them. I will give the seed at the end. I will now realize that this is not what God would have wanted me to do. There's nothing wrong with seed. I give, I, I give crazily. I give crazily. I give crazily. But Charlie, at the end of the day, give in a way that you will not stop giving. One of the strengths of giving is to keep giving. If you don't know, then I don't know what you have been learning from me. One of the strengths of giving, if you want to keep getting a result, is to keep giving. Don't give in a way that you will not stop giving. That is it. So some money that comes to you is to invest so that you can give. Some is to save. But when you are under people or around people whose heart is for mammon, that everything that comes to your hand is for giving or for them. Everything that comes to you is forgiving or for them. 
that the same thing happened when you're under a wrong family. You see, this dysfunction is not only about family, even churches. There are a lot of dysfunction. Black taxes under churches. Black tax, a lot of black taxes under churches. That you won't be able to get your own life if you are not careful. You won't be able to get your own life. I pray that God is going to help us. We will not fail. We will not fall. We will not be put to shame. We will not be disappointed. In Jesus' name, it is done. Amen and amen. So we'll be meeting back online 5 p.m. If you are in voter region, you are in Sugarcopper specifically, check the platform for some information. Check out the WhatsApp platform. Some information will be posted on the platform. Make sure you adhere to it. Just check after this meeting, you'll find it there. Make sure you follow that instruction. God bless you. Camp meeting 6, 7, and 8. Book your way. Just come and stay with God and cry to Him. I told you, I said, this is going to be the first camp meeting. We will delete one session for everybody to talk to God. We will delete one session from the camp meeting. Everybody, just go and cry to God. Nobody will teach you. Nobody will once already now teaching already. Just sit down, you and God. Sometimes it's very powerful. Only you know what you want to tell him, how you want, if you want to cry, you want to lie down, you want to, you're on your own. Just cry to God. Cry to God. I'm sure by now you are writing your request. Those of you coming for come, you are writing your request and the things you want God to do for you. So you lay them on the altar and cry. God bless you. I love you. See you in the evening. Bye-bye.